South Dakota, Pappy Hoyle Campground. Full throttle saloon off of the distance. Good to have you on board. Good to have you today. A lot of activity, a lot of motorcycles. And uh, the good news is the rain held off. Uh, just had a couple of sprinkles here or there, but nothing to even, uh, even make the ground wet today. Thank God we've had enough rain. So good stuff. Good stuff today. Um, 877-867-1670. I'm going to open up the phone lines and uh, we can get into some of the Packers discussion. Another one thing we have not mentioned, we'll talk a little bit more about this tomorrow, but the conference realignment has become a hot issue as to more teams looking to enter or the Big Ten looking to get more teams to enter the Big Ten conference. The uh, full-on assault via the Pac-12 is is on. And, you know, I, I know there's the discussion now about the athletes and about, you know, the realignment. And there's a lot of purists like myself. I have not liked this from the very beginning. It has been a nothing more than a cash grab, let's be honest. But once it starts, once the erosion begins, you can't stop it. Pandora's box was opened, and you're not going to, you know, my dad always used to say up on the farm, you're not, you can't put the, you know, the poop back in the horse. You just can't. It's out. It's there. Don't step in it. But it is a full onslaught of cash that's being grabbed in, in college athletics. And the, as soon as, uh, you know, the athletes started getting paid for their likeness and having the ability to make money, it no longer was about a scholarship and an education and furthering your future uh, through sports. This is a full-on, you're paid employees, you're paid players, you're paid athletes, and depending on what your likeness, depending on what your popularity brings, will depend upon what your monetary ability is going to be. And in doing so, going out and getting sponsors as opposed to schools actually paying a lot of this, the schools have opened it up to the the communities. The communities are starting to pump money into college athletics like never before, uh, whether it's buying an athlete for their likeness, whether it's paying a, an athletic department to go out and recruit better athletes. I mean, everything that SMU was accused of years ago, it's now all legal. It's just go do it, go get the money. And we'll get as many big schools as we can to create TV ratings, which then create money, which creates television revenue, which creates more cash into the pockets and into the coffers of the institutions. And it, the vicious cycle is now started, and it's it's spinning unbelievably fast. And you are not going to stop it. There is it, you I, at this point, I don't even think the NCAA can really regulate it. It's just. It, what was supposed to be getting athletes not only an education but also a stipend of money so they could take their girlfriends out and go buy pizzas and a couple of beers and what have you and do their laundry is now setting some of these guys up for life uh, so they can go out and start their own businesses, buy their own businesses, companies, what have you, as they get ready then to either go to the NFL or go into the next phase because they're getting millions. It's not about getting a couple hundred bucks a month. It's about getting millions now. So it's a full-on cash grab as the NCAA Division I conference realignment saw major movement over the weekend with this dismantling of the Pac-12. And uh, it, it's just, it's a cash grab. So when you hear the uh, the athletic directors talk about the student athlete, just take the student, start, student part out of it. 
they're just athletes now. They're paid athletes. The portal is a nothing. The portal should just say the portal of money. Follow the money and follow the opportunities for a lot of these guys that are going to go hired gun to hired gun to hired gun to place to place to place. They're just uh, they're, they're athletic assassins at this point. That's all it is. So uh, it's something that we'll get a little bit more into tomorrow. And we'll try to get Zach Howell to join us to talk a little bit about the Badgers and what they have going on as well. But that being said, I I, I didn't ignore it. Um, I, I didn't ignore it. I just, with the Packers coming off of the family night, I, I just, those are the pressing issues. Rather than the larger overall athletic issues when it comes to Big Ten football and the assault of the Pac-12. So... That's it. I wanted to make a note of it. I didn't want to act like I was ignoring it, but it is what it is, you know. And the Big Ten, let's be honest, they're they're now they're New York to L.A. New York, L.A., two teams in Illinois grabbing another large market. You know, you still have the big time rivals and the big names in Ohio State and Michigan. You still have the uh, the the staunch western portion that's uh, Wisconsin. You still have a big school and a big money school in Nebraska. And now you're going for the television markets in L.A. and in the West Coast. So, I mean, you, as far as TV goes and the television ratings and such, which is what it's all being now based upon, it's just massive. It's just a massive, massive, massive cash grab. That's it. 877-867-1670. That's the phone number if you want to hit us up on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Wisco Grant over on a Twitter for uh, for our buddy Grant Bills as well. This one's from Cheryl who says, um, if, uh, if you feel it's unfair of Danny Etling to be cut, uh, those and again, this is not me. She's talking to those that are out there that feel it's unfair to have Danny Etling cut. Uh, then you need to understand what it is they're trying to do. They're trying to bring up the youth, and the movement is on in Green Bay. You just have a few holdovers that they're going to have questions about come the offseason. And she's got in parentheses uh, David Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, uh, Devondre Campbell, and company. Yes and no. I I don't think all of them are on the block, depending on their seasons, obviously, and, and injuries and such. But... There is a youth movement on. I'm not going to deny that Um, because you always want to be younger. You always want to be better. You always want to have, you know, good youth up and coming. And and let's be honest, you always want to have cheap, good, cheap labor. That's what you're always looking for. Every company, every business, every sports team, good, cheap labor. That's it. But there are certain veterans that know it that you have to hang on to. You just can't keep rotating youth after youth after youth after youth and think that you're going to get better because they're constantly in the learn. You have to keep veteran knowledge around. You have to keep veteran capability around because it's the veterans that show the young guys what it takes to become a veteran. So it's not it's not just about getting the next season and starting to make cuts. It's about making the right cuts, the right cuts. Uh, Paul says, uh, what do you think of Malik Heath? He is certainly making a name for himself. I Absolutely. Why do you think Grant DuBose is coming back? You know, the old adage, you can't make the club from the tub, and Malik Heath has made a name for himself. So and he just continues to impress as well. I saw some videos from a little bit earlier today of Packers practice. So I'm, you know, <laughs> he's been a guy that, uh, and, and it's not just because 
uh, of the opportunities because of Grant DuBose and the injury. It's just for the fact that he has stood out. You know, Mike Clemens talked about him early on, like early in camp, going back to the OTAs and the mini camps type of thing, talking about different guys that, hey, there's going to be a story or two that's going to come out of training camp that every year it happens. We look at it and we go, whoa, wait a minute, where did that come from? Well, Lee Keith is that guy right now. He's been impressive. No, no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, what else do we have here for you? This is from uh, Super Mario over on Twitter. Um, the only problem is that the Packers did beat good teams last year. The Cowboys, the Vikings, the Dolphins, Tampa, you know, playoff teams. Uh, the Packers still have the opportunity with a decent quarterback to do the same thing. Correct? Correct? I, now, I, I again, let it play out. It, it's, it's easy to say, well, look at the way the team was. But we all know it's a quarterback-driven league. And the quarterback, regardless of the thumb issue, is still a really damn good quarterback. And the numbers that he put up last year, a lot of quarterbacks would take on the regular. So it, it's a quarterback-driven league. Just because you got damn near everybody returning, plus you've accentuated a few of those pieces, doesn't mean it's all of a sudden just going to take off and be the exact same and or better. Because the guy that's running the show now is completely different. This one is from Courtney, who says, uh, I believe in Jordan Love as a Packers fan. I not only believe in him, I have a lot of hope that Goody was right. What happens to Goody's job if he was wrong and he's not the guy to lead this team? I want to remain optimistic, but you have to look at all sides. Courtney, I think that they, I, I guess if you're asking me if, if Goody's job's in jeopardy, no. I think he's done a pretty pretty good job. After the first couple of drafts, I think he's done a really good job. His legacy, his his notoriety is coming off of the pick and the tumultuousness between the relationship of the organization and Aaron Rodgers, all, you know, within that realm of, you know, Jordan Love being picked. But, I no, Goody's not going anywhere. Nor is Matt LaFleur, for that matter, unless things go horrifically wrong and it looks like he has lost then the, the locker room. Beyond that, he's not going anywhere. Not happening. Uh, Spencer says, why is everybody focusing on Jordan Love? We should be focusing on Joe Barry and the defense. If he's got Rashawn Gary back, he's only one first-round draft choice away from being a full complement of excellent players. Joe Barry will be the problem, mark my words. And we are kind of regurgitating the same topics, aren't we? I think that everything, again, it's wait and see. There, there's a reputation there. There's an anxiety there. 100% agree. I didn't think Joe Barry should have kept his job. I understand why he did. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. But it, it, this year, you wipe the slate clean. Right now, they don't have a loss. They don't have a win. Let's see where – and I'll, I'll say this, too. Don't look at Joe Barry and, and base what you see defensively in the preseason as to what the regular season is going to be unless it's fundamentals – fundamentals are one thing. If guys can't tackle, if guys aren't throwing shoulders, if guys are, you know, just kind of half-assing it and they're not really fundamentally sound, okay. Then I can say that's going to go back to, you know, coaching and guys' will and wherewithal. But I'm not basing the preseason. I, I don't care if they get blown out in every game in the preseason 40 to 20. As long as what I see is progress and them doing the right thing and if they're playing extremely vanilla and back and soft while other teams are being aggressive – I'm okay with that. I don't I don't care about the results of the preseason. 
What I want to see is fundamentally sound football. That's it. And and I know that's not a popular stance, but that, that's where I'm at. Uh, Edward says, oh, oh, my God, I completely agree. Thank you very much, Edward. 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Stay tuned. we got more from out here in Surgeon, South Dakota. We'll be back right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. South Dakota, we're the day. Yeah. The of motorcycles and uh, the uh, the tour buses and coach buses and RVs and stuff still continue to swing in here at uh, the Pappy Hoyle Campground, and which is packed. And I just can't believe how much it's grown over the last couple of years, as a matter of fact, since we've been coming here. Uh, but a lot of this, uh, everybody's kind of geeked up. you got a couple of years down the road, the 85th is on the horizon and a lot of people are looking at that anniversary date and it just continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger the full throttle they've added on to and slaughter rocked the house last night i don't know who's here tonight i think lita ford is at the buffalo chip tonight tomorrow night uh sticks is over at the buffalo chip and then jackal and uh count 77 is going to be here on thursday night and uh, we're going to probably take it off on friday uh, and then Friday night, uh, getting back in time to watch uh, the game with the Packers in Cincinnati and then to get back at it and kind of get back into our full regular show mode next Monday. But just a lot of things happening out here. Uh, they have the Fantasy Girls here from Vegas. They're here. Uh, as a matter of fact, not only are they here, but they're bartending and they're dancing on the bars over at the Full Throttle. Uh, they were here yesterday. They've got the Wall of Death here. Uh, downtown Sturgis is a buzz of vendors and such. And don't forget about our fine people that brought us here. Road, track, and trail. They are the ones that supply us with our on-site transportation out here. They are the world's largest, whether it's motorcycles, UTVs, ATVs, and snowmobiles, the world's largest dealer of those used vehicles. And go to roadtrackandtrail.com. If they can't get it, it ain't out there. Go to roadtrackandtrail.com. That is roadtrackandtrail.com. Uh, this is from uh, Kathy. Kathy says, uh, I think all the all of the attention on Jordan Love is probably warranted. However, the pressure being put upon him to perform at the same level of Aaron, as Aaron Rodgers is not. He has to become his own person, his own quarterback. I think we are all too quick to jump on every error to say, see, he's not the guy. Um, yeah, I... I think they're, you know, look, this whole thing about pressure, it's there. It's legitimate. To say it's not would be stupid. It's it, Absolutely, there's pressure. It, pr- there's pressure with just being a quarterback of the National Football League, much less pressure to fill in for the guy or come in and take over the position for the guy that was a Hall of Famer. And the guy that had such a controversial pick surrounding him much like Aaron Rodgers did there's always that pressure it's how you handle it and it's it's what you do I agree with you to say that he needs to live up to a certain standard let him become his own person yeah that wholeheartedly in theory is awesome 
But there is a certain level and standard that has been in Green Bay for 30-plus years. There is an expectation of winning, of getting to the postseason, and then figuring it out in Green Bay, and it has been for a very long time. And while you have an understanding, this is the difference between reality and hope and all that kind of stuff. There is an understanding that as a rookie, for the first time being a starting quarterback, I don't mean a rookie in the NFL, but a rookie starting quarterback, starting quarterback, Jordan loves getting the reins, and I think most Packers fans are saying, look, we know he's not a Hall of Famer. We haven't seen him play. We don't know what specifically he can do. We're hoping that what we see coming out of Philadelphia from last year is the guy, okay? Because if that's the guy, then there should be some more success. But I don't feel ever you should lower your expectation because you feel that this guy is subpar. What you should do is say, if this guy is subpar, go find somebody who is par or above par. That's the responsibility of a general manager. It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. But I don't think as Packers fans, you should lower your expectations. I think there's a reality of saying, you know what? We'll see what this year brings. You know, we understand it might be a bit of a down year. There are certain years in which you would look at and you go, you know what, I get it. We're not going to be in the postseason this year. So you look for what you can find this season, and then you expound upon it in the offseason, and you get better, and then you should be back in the postseason. But your expectation should never to be passivity. No. Not at all. And and, and I would agree with that. That, that You're... you're you're one hundred percent true. I, I, I'm not I'm not backing off of that. I'm just not. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh give us a shout. Uh eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um let's see here. What else do we have? Um I just want to make sure I'm not missing anybody. Let's go to Steve listening to us in Eau Claire. Steve, welcome to the program, the Bill Michael Show. Hello, Bill. How's uh, how's Sturgis going there? It is great so far. No rain today, so I'm happy about that. And uh, when we get off the air, I think we're going to go do do a little riding today. So I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Hey, um, I wanted to go back for a moment to what you were talking about with the uh, the Big Ten conference and uh, the realignment stuff. I completely agree with you that bringing in four West Coast schools into a Midwest conference where the westernmost school right now is four states away is absolutely ridiculous. They're they're ignoring what's going to be a logistical nightmare in favor of what what what, what you said, uh, a cash grab is what they're doing. Having mm-hmm. said that, I did see a suggestion uh, on Facebook this week just from some random guy that, uh, that I wanted to get your thoughts on because I think it might make – the most sense in a situation that no matter how you cut it really isn't going to make any sense but what he suggested is now that we got the four schools that we did the four that those four and the four that so far have been hung out to dry uh, are the ones that made up the old pack eight conference from years ago and those two conferences the big ten and the pack eight they always had kind of a you know traditional rivalry if you will by way of the rose bowl so, right. um, you know, they, he suggested if, if we're going to bring in 
the four that we did, let's just go out and get the other four, and then we can create some kind of a you know, championship game or bowl game, just like the Rose Bowl used to be years ago. And uh, again, that to me sounded like you know the the most sensible situation, a scenario in a situation that no matter how you cut it, it's really not going to make any sense. Yeah, it in a, in essence, you're taking. One of the best teams out of, or two maybe, out of the Big Ten, those are probably going to be in the final four or final eight or whatever, you know, the expansion goes to specifically. And then you're going to have after that, what, like a, a Big Ten bowl game? Is that kind of what you, the, the way it would it would play out where the Big Ten has their own bowl game, so to speak? I mean, I would think that they would have to come up with something if there's going to be like a 20-team conference. Right. I, I mean that's that's the part that I don't think is that I don't think is going to make any sense no matter no matter what you do. But um, I, see, I, mean, I would agree, and I, I'm you're leaving a lot of yeah I, I don't know how to put it. You're still going to have bowl games, but you're going to leave a lot of teams out in the wind. And you know there there are certain teams in the Big Ten that don't want to leave, but does the Big Ten want to hang on to them? Um, could they then, say, take a couple of teams out? I don't think so, but could they, some of the lesser teams, could they end up saying, hey, you know, we don't really, we don't need you anymore. I mean, you take a staunch team that's been around for a while, a staunch school that's been around for a while, but they're not very good, and that's Northwestern with all of their issues. Uh, Rick said take out a team like Rutgers and maybe take a mass realignment in that sense, but I just don't think they get rid of the the, the fan bases in those cities just because these teams aren't winning on the consistent. But I appreciate the email. I or appreciate the phone call. I I'm gonna be fascinated to see and I'll be honest, fascinated and probably disgusted to see how all of this plays out. Because the fans and traditions and such be damned. And this is now 300 professional schools getting paid and really it's not even a power five anymore it's probably a power three maybe a two acc still hanging in there but it's the big 10 and the sec big 12 even though they've lost their two key schools in texas and oklahoma you know this it's 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 two conferences that have made up the world of college athletics as we know it because the the SEC guide Oklahoma and Texas while the Big 10 strategically is looking at markets the SEC looked at powerhouses and large fan bases and now the linchpin for it all is is still you know, what, what's going to happen with the ACC, what's going to happen with Notre Dame, what's, you know, and, and where's it all going to fall? But it's just, man, it's just, <laughs> this is, this is now, it, it's always has been big business. Again, college football, college athletics in general, we're always this backroom, boardroom dealing, under the table dealing. There was money, but you didn't see it, and they wanted to kind of stand up on the, the soapbox and say and pontificate about it being about the student-athlete and about the college experience. Not anymore. It's out in the open. Pandora's box has been opened, and it's there for all to see. And now they, they don't make any excuses. It's just we're going for the markets. We're going for the money. 
And, oh, by the way, if a good tradition comes along with it, that's fine. But it, this is all about the money. And so I can see the Big Ten creating their own their own games and, and entities because it, it creates more money for them. Anything they can sell, anything within themselves that they can sell where they can keep their own money, that's what you do. So absolutely I could see that that happening. 877-867-1670. Good content, good thought, and appreciate it very much. Um, we're going to break. Well, let's do this. We're going to break. I, I got a couple of people over on uh, um, over on the, uh, the live stream that I want to answer some of the questions because there's been some good stuff coming by, and I want to get into that as well. I don't want to ignore it. Uh, and then also coming up here in just a short bit, we got What Do We Miss?, That's going to be happening as uh, we're going to be chatting uh, with our buddy Grant Bills producing the program about what else do we miss today. So that's coming up. Stay tuned. We are broadcasting live. We are in Sturgis, South Dakota. And we can't say thanks enough to our friends at the Four Seasons Island Resort up in Pembine, Wisconsin. Uh, They are just great people and great place, and uh, they have been a big supporter of the motorcycle ride. But more so than anything, it's a great escape, a great getaway, a great weekend. Uh, UTV, ATV trails are open. And they got a lot going on, whether it's playing golf in the championship golf course at Timberstone up in Pine Mountain in the UP or the nine-hole executive in the Four Seasons Island Resort. Maybe just going up and relaxing, fishing, pontooning, kayaking, you name it. It's just kind of unplugging a little bit, and they can help you out. Weddings, they can do weddings. They can do corporate events. They have a lot of meeting space and rental space and capability there as well. Again, call call our girl Barb, 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110. Use the promo code Michaels15. You get 15% off your stay. Again, call Barb, 715-938-5110. That's the Four Seasons Island Resort. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Continuing on, got to say thanks again to our friends from uh, Cunis RV and Nexus. Uh, they are the suppliers of the Big Inn Cruiser, and we got out here, got set up, and uh, they're absolutely great to deal with, great to work with, and we can't say thanks enough. But uh, they are also, as voted on by you, uh, those that are listening, they are the number one RV dealer in the state of Wisconsin. And uh, you can go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. CunisRV.com, and from the automotive side, they've been great in supplying us with a truck to use this year for a lot of the stuff that we do via Fisher House, Wisconsin. And uh, we say thanks to them and go to shop, S-H-O-P, shopcunis.com for the automotive side and all the terrific things that they can do for you with the warranties and such, a new and used. We can't say thanks enough to them and our friends from uh, our friends from Cunis uh, and our friends from Nexus. Nexus is the actual RV that we are in. This year we are in a Nexus Triumph which is just awesome. Love the interior space. Uh, you know me. I'm 6'5", 6'6", and, and, you know, they gave us a, a pretty good-sized bed, too, so I don't hang off the end of it, which is usually that's not easy to do in RVs. But it's great. It's comfortable. I, I've probably slept better there than I have at home the last couple of weeks. So great stuff from our friends at Nexus as well, and thanks to them for being a part of the program. Um, 
I got a couple of things real quick I want to get back to, and then uh, we'll get into the uh, the uh, end of the program with our buddy Grant Bills and what do we miss. But one of the questions that was asked to me, and I want to go back to this, Steve said in the article by Albert Greer, do you think that Aaron Rodgers also saw the same thing that the Packers front office and Matt LaFleur saw, and therefore that could be another reason why Aaron decided to bolt to New York? Um, that's – boy, that's a great question. Um, I don't think so. I think oh – man, how do I put this? In all honesty, I just think that it had grown tiresome. I think what Mike Clemens said early in the program, if you were listening, if you were listening at that point, when Mike had said he had spoke to somebody on family night uh, in, in you know who was very close, we'll say, to Rogers and the organization, and when they said, you know, hey, look um, – you know, there was this discussion regarding the back-to-back MVPs and during COVID year, and that Aaron just can't let it go. And then the comment is, is and we're glad to be done with that. I think it just rings true. I, I think it was just the constant backhanded slaps, the constant innuendos, the, the, the massaging of ego, um, walking on the the – Aaron Rodgers' eggshells, you know, Aaron on one hand said the relationship was great. It was, it was great. You know, he was, he was, they were talking to him. They were using his thoughts and, and in discussions and everything he wanted. And I, I think just all of the, 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 the negativity or at least the perception of negativity, it just weighs on you after a while, you know, it just does. To the point where you just finally say, just enough, just enough, I want to be done with it. You can do, how many times have we talked about, like, say, bands? A lot of great bands have broken up because of egos and because, you know, of credit and who does what and who didn't do what. And you got to be careful what you say because this guy could be offended. And, no, this guy wants creative control. And, no, this guy does. And, and yet, together, they're putting out unbelievable music. They're incredibly talented. But the egos, the the feelings, the emotions, the humanity side of things, and the selfishness gets in the way. And then they break up. And then eventually they all come back together and there's a reunion tour or what have you. And, and everybody hugs and says, man, look how great we were. It's a shame that we broke up when we did. And that's, that's what happens. That's what happens. But I think that that relationship if you will had already run its course and it was just done so i as much as i would have loved to have seen and i really did i i was a big believer that they would run it back um i i really thought that um i really thought that 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 might have had one more run in it but not gonna happen not gonna happen uh, let's do this. We're going to break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap it up. We uh, got to do some stuff that we missed today, things we did not talk about yet today. So we want to touch on all of that. Grant Bills is going to be joining us. Uh, and, uh, again, I've got a lot of people questioning about all the different things going on out here in Sturgis. Uh, are you going to go see any of the bands? Yes. Uh, we're obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of different bands. I mean, Lita Ford, Def Leppard, Slaughter was last night. Jackal's going to be playing. 
uh, Sticks is here, um, uh, Leonard Skinner, uh, all of that. Uh, yeah, we're going to get out and see some of that. We've seen some local bands already. So uh, we were over at the Deadwood um, Tobacco Company the other day, and I got it. His name escapes me. This guy was fantastic. This real deep voice, not kind of Trace Atkinsy, but a, a really good voice and uh, kind of a one-man band. The guy could play everything. He played the flute, for God's sakes, with his stuff. It was fantastic. So uh, a lot of good stuff that we've seen, music we've seen, great places to go. One-Eyed Jacks is a great place to eat. The Knuckles okay. The Knuckles the world-famous Knuckle, but the Knuckle, the food is all right, but it's, you're there for the atmosphere. We're over at the Iron Horse Saloon the other night. And, uh, you know, I posted some of the sights and sounds. If you haven't looked at it, you got to go see it. I posted some of the sights and sounds at the uh, the Iron Horse Saloon, which were, uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we were at the Stinger Saloon. We've been over to, um, God, we were at a, a restaurant last night that was fantastic, Saloon 10 down in Deadwood. Uh, so we, we, we've had a terrific time and have been all over the place. But there's a lot more to go, and we'll take a lot more pictures and post a lot more social media for sure. But we're here doing a lot of things in conjunction with our motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. And we're making a lot of people that are here aware of what's going on in Wisconsin and back in Milwaukee on that particular date and that weekend because we want to get as many riders as we can to come and join us for an incredibly worthy cause for Fisher House, Wisconsin. And hopefully we raise a lot of money for veterans, military members, and their families. So that's why we're here, and we, that's why we do what we do, because we'll travel all over. We have fun, but we travel all over to make sure we can support the best we possibly can. So that's what we're doing. Uh, let's do this. We'll uh, wrap it up next. What did we miss? Coming up next, right after this. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Broadcasting live, we are in Surges, South Dakota, and at Pappy Oil Campground here today, here tomorrow, and a full throttle saloon. And then uh, off the rest of the week, we'll reconvene again on Monday. Grant Bill's going to take you the rest of the way uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this week. Tomorrow, we've got our buddy Chuck Freeman's going to join us from the Lockdown Brewers podcast. He'll be here uh, to talk. Also, uh, Mike Clemens, I'm sure at some point, will probably chime in. Zach, uh, Zach uh, Halprin. Uh, the sports director for WOZN in Madison going to be joining us as well. We're going to talk some Badgers tomorrow, too, on the program. And anything else that happens to pop up, we're going to have Jesse James Dupree from the band Jackal tomorrow from the show, uh, from the show Counting Cars. And from the band Counts 77, Danny Corkle is supposed to be here tomorrow. The Count is supposed to join us as well. So we've got a lot coming up. Uh, tomorrow on the program. And uh, the guys didn't make it. Their races went long. So the guys from uh, Mama Tried, Scott and the gang are going to be here tomorrow about this time. So we got a lot going on on the program tomorrow as we round it out. Right now, though, we bring in our buddy Grant Bills. It's time for What Did We Miss? Bill, I wrote down a couple things today. I want to go back to the very beginning of the show. We're talking about okay. the Albert Breer story, right? And Jordan Love right. and Matt LaFleur and working together during that Eagles game. There was an excerpt in this story that made me laugh, and you mentioned it briefly. I just wanted to bring it up one more time and laugh about it again. When Matt LaFleur mm-hmm. was talking about game planning for Jordan Love's start with the Chiefs, this is what he said, quote, What I should have done in hindsight is start over with the game plan, not to throw everything out, but just have some better answers for him, specifically so it took a little off his plate. I was worried about it going into the game, and my biggest fears came true. Matt LaFleur, you think? 
Do you right. th- do you think? Right. We, we, like we right. said that the day, the night of the game, we're like, oh, so they didn't change the game plan at all. They didn't do anything for no. love. And, and to hear him say it specifically, it made me laugh a little bit. It, it's and it's uh, he said it's something that he regrets to this day that he didn't do. He didn't change because he under. I don't even think he underestimated. I just thought he was thinking we're not going to change anything we're going to do what we do and we can do it and we're going to be able to fend off that pass rush and and spagnola unloaded everything not only what his normal game plan was he unloaded everything consistently on jordan love and jordan love was under siege for most of the day and for him not uh i mean that's one of those coaching moments because that showed the inexperience. So you got you got Matt Lafleur is a, a relatively new head coach, but he takes over a team that's basically being run by the quarterback and the knowledge of the quarterback. So he doesn't have to worry about it. He can put the game plan together with the quarterback. Say here you go. Then you find this was the coaching mistake because he didn't have that quarterback. He didn't have that knowledge. He didn't have that guy. And he learned that, hey, things are drastically different from a guy that's a Hall of Famer and a guy that can decipher the matrix at the line of scrimmage versus a guy that can't. And that's where he first got his big lesson as a head coach was probably in Kansas City when all of that happened. I I completely agree with you. That was when I started reading that and I went, yeah, I I think that was very obvious to everybody that you probably should have done a few things differently. No doubt about it. Yeah, it's good to hear him say it. Made me laugh. Uh, right? a, a baseball story that I bookmarked today. Jesse Rogers wrote a story about the White Sox for ESPN. Came out this morning, and I think the White Sox probably up there with the Padres, Angels, maybe the Mets is one of the most disappointing teams the last couple of years. This is a quote from a source in the story. Quote, you have rookies sleeping in the bullpen during the game. You have guys missing meetings. You have guys missing practices. And there are no consequences for any of these things. So basically, a former player who was just traded, uh, Kenyon Middleton, who was dealt to the Yankees, comes out and says, it's a mess. They don't know what's going on in the clubhouse. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that's why the White Sox, who are really, really talented, really, really talented, but they've been awful the last couple of years. And I bet that's a big reason why. Yeah, it's uh, the the White Sox have been one, like you said, a very much a disappointment. And secondly, it's you always have wondered who's actually this goes to like a Jerry Jones scenario or a Daniel Snyder scenario. You wonder who's running things because Kraus is he the guy? Uh, does he give his managers autonomy to just do what it is they do with the power of repercussions or not? And that was one of the things. I mean, Tony LaRusso was supposed to come in and be that, you know, be that disciplinarian guy. Ozzie Smith was a disciplinarian, but they snipped him because he they said he was too hard on guys. And then Tony LaRusso was supposed to be the guy with all the knowledge. And Tony LaRusso was a train wreck because he was an arrogant mess and they didn't like him to begin with. But this is the problem when you have an owner who's got his fingers in too many pieces of the pie. You just don't give your baseball people or football people or whatever the autonomy to just run the damn organization personnel-wise the way it should be run. And I don't have any pity or a care for the White Sox. I just I think they've got a lot of talent. I think at most they have not been good since Scott Pesednik was there, believe it or not. But when you look at all the problems and they started describing, this goes back to remember when there was a – it was a while ago and there was an expose, and this was right before, and I can't remember the pitcher's name who ended up dying, unfortunately, in an alcohol-related death for the Cardinals. But this goes back to when there was drinking in the bullpen, drinking in clubhouses, yeah. and all the things that were going on. Go back to some of the things that were going on in Pittsburgh years ago. Go back to some of the things that were going on in Detroit years ago where guys just didn't give a damn and they had run amok. That seems to be where the White Sox are still today.
Which is unbelievable. But this team's talented. They're supposed to be contending. Right. Like, I, I get it if some of the members of the Oakland Athletics are crushing beers in the bullpen. You know, the, it's a 10-to-1 right. game. It's the seventh inning. Okay, like, yeah, it's probably not great, but who really cares? Who's it really hurting? The White Sox are supposed to contend. That's a really talented yeah. team. So I, I guess I wasn't totally shocked to read that today. Two more quick things. One, Chris Thomason. Uh, used to cover the Vikings. Now I guess he's covering the Broncos. Didn't know that. He was uh, at the Pioneer Press. A quote from Sean Payton today. I'm just going to read you the tweet. He listed some <laughs> things he didn't want to see in Friday's preseason opener, including players wearing, quote, Gilligan Gilligan hats on the sidelines, which I, I'm assuming he means bucket hats, the big sun hats. Yeah, <laughs> Sean right. Payton's out on that. <laughs> yeah, he's he's. it's too casual for Sean. I, you know what? Does it seem to me... Like, Sean Payton has just had a lot of goofy missteps since, I mean, he was out of coaching. He was an analyst. He took liberty as an analyst. Some people didn't like some of the things he had to say. And it seems like he's still got that analytical side where he just kind of says what he wants. And Which, I look, I, I appreciate. And if he was telling the truth about Nathaniel Hackett and people don't like it, well, then, you know, the truth hurts, I guess. But he, it's like he's got his way of doing things. And... This is either going to be something right out of the book of, hey, this guy took a team that was mishandled and misrepresented, and he's going to make it a reclamation project, or this is just going to be just yet another in a series of failures in Denver where they just haven't been able to kind of regain that form over the last few years since really Peyton Manning left. And it's, you know, I like his candor. He's a weird dude, and but now, man, I tell you what, in Denver, he's got a microscope on him. And remember down in New Orleans, for what he and Drew Brees did during Hurricane Katrina, they didn't take a lot of the things that he said and put it out there because they just didn't want to do anything to, to upset the, the apple cart because they, they were both so beloved for all that they did for the victims of Hurricane Katrina. It's not that way in Denver. Denver's there for a championship. They believe they're ready to fly. So I, I just keep looking at, at – at him thinking, man, what else is this guy going to do or say? And maybe it rubs off. Maybe the whole team suddenly falls in the line and it becomes a really well-run football organization. But I, some of the things that come out of Sean Payton's mouth, don't you just kind of look at him and go, how long have you been away from the game? Yeah. One year seems like an eternity, dude. So anyway, I'm just dead at him saying Gilligan hats. Right. I think that's a reference that especially a lot of his younger players probably uh Probably, probably won't get. get. Uh, Not last... unless you're watching re, re, rewatching reruns on Sundance <laughs> or something like that. Yes, yeah, Sundance. Me TV. Uh, lastly, right. I just wanted to ask you: Did you go to Wall Drug on your way out to Sturgis? Uh, going to Wall Drug on the way home. All right. As long so as you hit it. Not make right. it out. Yeah, it, it was pouring down rain uh, when we were going through Wall. Uh, they were getting some storms, so we didn't. Uh, we decided not to stop, but we're, we'll probably stop there for a little bit on the way back. But I've been there a few times. So it's kind of like, eh, you know, I, oh, mean, I, I, I like it. It's famous. Um, it's it's awesome. But, I, you know, once you've walked through it, you've seen all the touristy things, it's kind of like, okay, it's cool to stop. Maybe get your sticker to say I went there in whatever year it is. But after that, it's kind of like, okay, I want to get home. I want to watch the Packers play Cincinnati. I, I want to lay in my own bed. I want to take a shower in something bigger than a phone booth. And <laughs> then I want to get up on Saturday and enjoy my day and unpack the RV and get back to life being normal again. So... Good stuff, and uh, we'll be back at it again tomorrow. Chuck Freeman tomorrow, Mike Clemens tomorrow, Zach Heilprin tomorrow, the guys from Mama Tried tomorrow, uh, Jesse James Dupree tomorrow, Danny Corkle tomorrow. So we got all kinds of stuff happening here on the show tomorrow. From live out here at Sturgis, South Dakota, Pappy Hoyle Campground, Full Throttle Saloon. Time for us to go. Have a go. Woo!